This is episode 111 of Bella in Your Business. The next series of episodes are from a previously recorded live event training series that Erica Goodwin and I did together. The following is a past recording, but the information is just as juicy. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to the Jump Into Marketing Show. My name is Bella Vasta and I am here with Erica Goodwin. What's up, Erica? Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Today, we are going to talk to you all about buyer personas. They're also called avatars, that one, two, or three types of people that you really want to attract in your business. So if you ever have sat at the computer and wondered, what do I write? What do I put on my website? What do I put in this advertisement? How do I get the perfect kind of employee? How do I get the perfect kind of client? Or I'm attracting all the wrong kind of people. We're going to talk all about that today. And Erica, I'm so excited because at the end, you're actually going to put people through an actual workshop where we get to go through and like leave this training knowing exactly how to do it, right? And literally, if you have your laptop and iPad or piece of paper, you can literally make a persona as we walk you through the process. I am so excited. Okay, Erica, let's get into it. I'm going to hand it over to you. Why don't you introduce yourself and start off with the sponsors, maybe? So for those that don't know, my name is Erica Godwin, and I am a co-founder of ProPet Software, which is a kennel management software. And then I also am the owner of Marketing Solutions, pet business websites. Super fantastic. I am Bella Vasta from Jump Consulting. I'm a pet business coach who helps people from 200,000 to a million and scale their business and really be able to walk away from it when they want. This show is also sponsored by one of my programs, the Jump Mastermind. And as Erica mentioned about her websites, you guys, did you know that it takes over $200 for us to produce each one of these shows? If you want to know why, <laughs> message us and we'll tell you all about it, but I'll leave it at that. And we do definitely need sponsors. So if you're looking for any kind of accountability, motivation, support, the Jump Mastermind is the place for you. Head over to jumpconsulting.net forward slash jump dash mastermind and we cannot wait to have you. I've also heard that this month's Jump Mastermind fits in perfectly with our show today and it's kind of like the next steps. It kind of does. We're talking all about customer service and I have the Joey Coleman coming in to talk to our members. So many people are already excited by him. He was on my podcast. This guy has worked at the White House for NASA for Deloitte and Touche. He's done so many things and he is one of the most amazing speakers. And he is coming to our very small group to like talk just like this one-on-one. Awesome. All right. So Erica, let's get straight into the training here. Tell me what the heck are buyer personas? So think of a buyer persona as a, a fictional generalized representation of who you want your ideal customer to be. So uh -huh. when you're sitting down and if you're so successful that you only want specific people. You don't want those people that nag your prices and try to cut you down. You want the people that appreciate you. So there's, if you think back to all of your customers, there's probably a few customers that you absolutely love and you want more of them. So essentially what you need to do is you want to develop buyer personas of these types of people so that when you do your marketing, those are the people that you're targeting. So this will basically help you understand your customers and kind of get deep down on the emotional level. And the more you learn about your customers and the people that you want as your customers, the better you can do to uh, create your messaging for that. So let me ask you a side question that I know a lot of these people are like, well, I would be thinking, Erica, 
I just want people who love their pets. (laughs) Why is that not enough? Or, I mean, even the sheer definition of love is so abstract Mm -hmm. that you might love your pet a different way than I love my Mm -hmm. pet. I mean, it's just so broad. Maybe they love their pet, but they're not in your service area. Maybe they love your pet, but they have teenage kids in their house and they won't need your services. There's just so many different factors that, yeah, that's great. They love their pet, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be your good customer. Maybe they say they love their pet, but they won't. They don't have disposable income or they don't actually want to spend their money on their pets. Maybe they yeah. buy all the cheapest stuff or, I mean, there's, there's so many details to kind of go through. So it's really important to break that. My love don't cost a thing song just came into my head when you (laughs) said that. I was like, my love don't cost a thing. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. So how do you make these personas? Like, I mean, I'm just staring at blank screen and I've got this Mm -hmm. cursor going and I'm like, crap, like how do I not sound like everyone else? Because all we ever preach is don't tell the industry and don't sound like all your competition. Be Mm -hmm. different. So Erica, how do I be different? So it does take some and research. So what you need to do is talk to your customers and kind of find out from them, learn about them a little bit, learn about what are their hobbies, what are their interests, what are their, what's their commute like, travel patterns, kind of figure out a lot. There's tons and tons of factors, what their online habits are like. And we'll go through that later in the, in the workshop, but talk to your customers, find out your ideal customers, look through their records. You can probably find out how they learned about your business. Do some surveys. I know sometimes it's tough to do surveys, but if you do a, a demographics type survey, you can learn a lot about your customers. Do you have any recommendations for a survey that you like? Most of the time I'd make my own and just uh-huh. based on the questions that we get to later. Do you use SurveyMonkey or do you use yeah, Google Docs? You can, or okay. sorry, Google. You can use a survey in Google. You can use SurveyMonkey. I mean, there's tons of free survey options out there. Okay. Um, cool. So you can use something like that. And then this will help you create specific targeting that will really uh-huh. help you kind of improve the outcomes of your marketing. Okay. I love that. I love that. Anything else? I mean, okay. Surveys, interview, you said, I'm thinking of the person, myself included, that's a little embarrassed to kind of call someone up and be like, Hey, Erica, I really love you. Like you're like the best (laughs) client ever. Can I ask you some questions? Cause I'm trying to get more like you. Like how do you approach a conversation like that to talk to your clients? I mean, I would just send an email and just say, I'm trying to improve my business and you want to tell them how much you like them. (laughs) essentially. Uh And to say like, we really would like more customers like you. Would you mind taking this short survey? You can add a little bit of an incentive if you want, but um, I wouldn't give too much away. But I mean, they, and if you talk, tell them how it's going to help improve their business and the quality of care you provide. And, or maybe if it's to do with the employees, you're trying to create an employee persona. And if you kind of position it in a way where it shows that you're going to help them and their experience with you is going to get better and they're very happy with your service, then they should, they shouldn't have any issue. But you also want to try to keep it a little bit short and sweet and not go too long. Cause I know there's sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll help this person out with the survey. And then 10 pages in, I'm like, Hey, I'm done. <laughs> and then you yeah, just leave. So I mean, I mean, a lot of your customers, you might know well enough that you know what their demographics are like, you know what their hobbies are. A lot of it's just like small talk that you can probably just get when you're chatting on the phone or, um, and, they come in and that kind of stuff too. So you don't necessarily need to do a survey, like send it out, but just talk, when you talk to your customers, try to kind of figure out a couple of those key points. If talk to them about their job, ask them like, Oh, like you can try to find out about their hobbies. And I mean, the more you get to know your clients, I think the easier it would be. Did you do any of the buyer personas in your pet sitting business? 
I did. How did you do it? So the way that I did it is I was a little bit less formal. Sometimes I'd call up people and be like, hey, Erica, um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure you had a great trip. Was everything to your satisfaction? Yes. Erica, I'm trying to like figure out how to get more amazing clients like you. Can you tell me what drew you to our Mm -hmm. company and what keeps you coming back? Just those two open-ended questions will kind of like, they'll be like, oh, easy online scheduling or, oh, I know that you're always answer the phone or, oh, I I just feel good. You know, like, I think it gives you an opportunity to follow up, especially with first-time clients. And you can say like, we really enjoyed you. We want more of you kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So yeah, you could do it. Now, Erica, just as we could do positive ones, this could also work for the negative. And I would almost argue that, The people that aren't getting the kind of clients they want are the ones that are putting, and I don't mean negative, like bad people, but I mean, like, if you're not intentional, yeah, if you're not intentional with it, Mm -hmm. it could blow up in your face and you could get a lot of stuff that you're not really wanting. And I know as busy business owners, there's a lot of time and it's hard to always do this, but Erica, break it down for Mm -hmm. what are negative personas because people might be doing this and not even realizing it. Right. So I think, and I'm sure a lot of you, if you think back to people that have maybe called you for your service right away, you're like, Hey, I know I don't want them as a customer. (laughs) So especially when you're just starting out and you don't have like a full schedule, you might try to accommodate customers that aren't necessarily a good fit for you or for them. But sometimes you're like, well, I want the money. So I'll take them on or I can try to figure it out. But What the negative personas do is it helps you understand who isn't a good fit for your organization. Maybe they're rude. Maybe they're rude. Maybe they're always last minute Lucy's. I mean, maybe they're, you can probably look back and think what kind of, there's probably a special type of person that keeps coming back and you're like, no, I just want to say no and no and no. And that kind of helps you. Then you don't have to fire them later if you can catch those negative personas before you hire them. So essentially what a negative persona is, it's the opposite of a buyer persona. And sometimes they're more important because what you want to do with the negative personas is you want to catch the people that might actually be costing you money if you hire them. So like from a software perspective with ProPet, we could have someone who comes on and we're like, oh yeah, we're really eager. They want to do it, but they're so low tech. It takes them hours and hours and hours to set up. They keep having questions and it ends up costing ProPet money by this person buying our services. So it helps you determine, okay, so who, who makes sense to hire this person? If I hire them, it'll actually cost me a lot more. It'll cost me money to hire them. So I don't want them. So it helps you make better business decisions. And then when you do have a persona attached to it, as soon as that person comes up right away, you'll know, okay, this is that persona. You need to turn them away or say, if you're a pet sitter, maybe like, you know what, maybe you're better for a kennel and you kind of can gear them away. Yeah. So I love this. And I love that you brought up technology because I think, and I encourage a lot of people in the mastermind, exactly this, Erica. Mm -hmm. And I encourage them to really tout the fact that they have scheduling software and how easy it is to sign up with them. So if you're putting that out front and center with your message, because in the back end, if all the clients are scheduling and updating their notes online, that costs the business less money, right? Less money on an office manager, less money and time of yours. And if someone comes to your website and you're saying, we have this awesome software and they're like, oh, hell no, I don't want software. I don't want to do that. That is going to be qualifying and disqualifying people right off the bat. And that's only going to work for the benefit of your company. Now, that's only one example, but it's an example that like we're constantly going through. And I know we have a lot of overlap clients. A lot of people in the mastermind have a lot of your websites Mm -hmm. and your websites, you know, like you're doing it, but people still need to give you 
the information because you're not there to create it for them. They have to tell you this stuff. And it must be challenging when someone comes to you, not sure of who they're really trying to attract. Right. And I mean, sometimes the content is very salesy and not emotional, generic, but I mean, as for our company, it's not our spot to tell you that because we're just doing the uh, design. We don't do the content creation because that's a whole nother ball game. So yeah. So you see it all the time and you almost can't even like speak right. out because yeah. it's not, it's out of your zone of genius. Out of my scope. It, I mean, yeah. it's something I could do, but I don't have the manpower to do that right now. Exactly. Yeah. That was, that was a better way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It definitely is your zone of genius. I <laughs> spoke on that one. How can we use the persona? How can we use it to our benefit? We kind of touched on that a little bit, but let's dive deeper on that. So if you think of like, for an example, you probably have a few different personas. So when you create a persona, you don't create just one. You might have a young millennial couple who is recently married, no kids, has a dog, yada, yada, yada. Super good with technology. You might also have empty nesters who are in their 60s and 70s. They're just starting to kind of get into technology. They have a smartphone, they might not know how to use it all the way. But they're going to be, they're going to be looking like different types of marketing messaging is going to relate to them differently. So if you create, if you're just thinking of like your millennials and you're sending out all your content towards them, then you might be missing out on these baby boomers who are actually a good fit for your company, but your messaging is not translating to them. It's not relating to them. And they kind of just don't think maybe, Oh, maybe this isn't a good company for me. So what you can do is you can actually, and like MailChimp, like there's tons of different email marketing softwares that when you do do your personas and you have different groups in your email marketing, you can actually tweak your newsletters, your email marketing to create better messaging that is better for your different personas to help them better relate to your business. And basically they might have different um, goals. They might have different concerns. And this way if you segment it in all your email marketing then you can really relate to them at a different level. I'm going to throw in an example just to put an example out there. So I have a huge email list and the people that are just signed up that haven't been qualified in some way, like maybe they have downloaded my 10 free pages of the employee handbook and manual. Those are people that are on the cusp of having employees or they do and they're looking for something like that. So Mm -hmm. those people that are on that list might also be interested in the mastermind because they're at that place in business where they're looking to grow and expand, right? right? They're not just starting. So that's an example of how like you might have a really big email list, but then you might say, if they click this link, then tag them with that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the way that you can really do it in your own email marketing. Like these are all the people that were interested in this dog blog that I posted. These are the people that were interested in the cat blog that I posted. And it's just a really easy way to kind of segment it out. You could do it in areas too, if you operate mm-hmm. in more than one city or town. So that's the way. Yeah. And I mean, especially if you're in different areas, there's different, you might have totally different people. Maybe one's a Depending on where you are, one might be a farm, like a, kind of like a rural farm town. Might one might be suburbs, so one might be urban. I mean, it's really important to understand your potential customers. Facebook also has some really, really good tools and resources that you can use to learn about your current audience on Facebook. You can dig down so deep when you can create ads, you can create audiences, but you can actually go down and see which other pages that your followers are following and it'll tell you their demographics, their area, what pages they like. So then you learn about their interests and this will help you relate to them better when you create your messaging. 
I want to know anyone that's on Instagram right now, Lucky Paws Dog Walking, Lakes Pet Services, Playtime Pet Care, ExecuPups, what's up all of you guys? And everyone that's on Facebook right now, have you guys ever used Facebook or Instagram ads? And have you used any of these metrics that are there and available and free to you? Everyone that follows your page, like Erica was saying, you can actually see, oh, Mm -hmm. there's X amount of percentage of women and X amount of percentage of people live here and X amount of, and a popular page that a lot of my people like is this. You can use that to say, okay, these are the people I'm attracting. And you could say, I'm doing a good job or I'm not doing a good job. Right. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Like Facebook gives this to you. It's not just about you doing the advertising and saying, this is what I want, which by the way, you should not get too specific when you're in, you want to cast a big net in your area. And if you're already limiting it to 10 miles in your demographic, your area is going to be like this small. Okay. So Erica, this is so good. We could like, I mean, it just ties into everything that we do. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love it. So I don't want to skip ahead, but are we ready to start working now? I think we are. Yeah, we're at the part. We're all done in the intro, and I think it's time to get down into the workbook. Our worksheet. All right, are... Chloe says she's looked at it, and she's not doing a good job. <laughs> well, Chloe, I hope that by the end of this training, you're going to be able to start shifting it so that you can. And don't worry, because a lot of us aren't good at it. Catherine, where do we get help on content creation? That would be Better Marketing with Bella. Yeah. <laughs> because we do blogs we do emails we do all that stuff in general but go ahead and post in the group and we can dial that down deeper because content is just like such a massive universe that depending on what you're looking for that could help you dial it down so without further ado erica all right Let's get into it. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is you want to actually give your persona a name and attach a photo to it. So that way that you and your staff and everybody can kind of put a picture to the imaginary perfect or negative persona. When you think about the name, try and avoid any somebody that you know, staff, family, friends, customers, and try to find a name that's unique. And you can always add something in front of it, like maybe they're Anxious Annie or, or something like that, or... <laughs> Cheap Why Charlie. Have to put a name of someone that you already know on there. Because then you're going to be biased. So you're, I like going to be biased, right? That's such a good point, Erica. And I am guilty of that. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah, I've named some of my personas or av- I like to call them avatars after people that I really do know. So there's a client I have that mm-hmm. I love that loves what I do. And I named her my avatar, but I I can totally see how I could be biased. That's an awesome point. Thank you for that. And I mean, also, it's going to be biased, but um, it's also going to be, if you name it your customer, then it's going to be way too targeted because you want them to be a little bit more broad. So if you put it right to that person, then you're going to be thinking for that exact person instead of kind of like a group of people. Yeah. What's the next tip that we have to look at? So the next thing you want to learn is about their personal background. So what is going on? What's their job? What's their career path? What's their family like? Are they young? Are they old? Are they married, single? Do they have kids, their age, income? What is their spending habits like? Do they have disposable income or do they have to budget? I mean, where are they located? Depending on your service area, you might be servicing suburbs and urban. So it's important to know that. What's their demeanor? Are they relaxed? Are they stressed? I mean, anything else that helps you target your specific group that you're creating? You want to try to keep it specific, but not too specific. Mm -hmm. This is incredible. Like, I mean, so a lot of us, myself included, for a very long time, Erica, Mm -hmm. I thought this. I was very resistant to it. I was like, 
either A, I didn't want to define it because then I felt like I just put myself in a box. Mm-hmm. So the first question is, can you have more than one? You should. There you go. Not too and many though. Right. Like two, no more than three. Maybe two or three. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's like, what does it matter what career path they're on? Let's talk about that specific one. You name job, career path, mm-hmm. family, marital status, male or female, age, income, spending habits, location, education, demeanor. And yes, I just went fast. But why would their career path matter? Well, I mean, because it could matter in a whole bunch of ways. So maybe it's a, a young executive that's trying to work up to a big CEO role. Mm-hmm. You can kind of figure out, okay, so when they're doing that, then that means they're probably working a lot of nights right now. And maybe they need yeah. a dog walker. And then once you work to them, when they start becoming upper management, then they're going to need even more services. Plus, they're going to have the disposable income. Maybe they'll start taking vacations. So it kind of allows you to learn a lot about and decide, okay, so this person, based on their career path, they could be here now, but maybe in five years, they're going to need a lot of my services. And you can kind of grow with them and create content as they kind of grow through their career to help them out. I love that. In Scottsdale, we had a lot of people that were moving into the area and they moved here for like a big executive job, Erica. And so I knew that because they moved here for this big job and mm-hmm. they were like an important person that they would need to focus on letting their work be impressive, you know? And like you said, working those long hours and not worrying about, I have to go out and schmooze my boss and go out to dinner with him tonight. Shoot, I can't take out the dog. Right. Okay, I'm going to cater to your at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Hey, Belle, can you guys go over there and uh, let the mm-hmm. dog out at six o'clock? I'm going to be home late from work. That is a lifestyle that as a business owner, you decide you want to cater to or not cater to. Now on the negative side of it, if you've got that person that might be looking for a job or not, I mean, I'm curious, I'm going to, I'm going to ask our audience right now. Do many of you guys have a person that you work for a client that's always looking for a job or that doesn't have a job or that is working at McDonald's. Like no knock to that. That was where my first job was from. Okay. But I'm saying like a low paying job. Like minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want you guys just to kind of think of that. Maureen says, do they have pets? Yes, obviously. (laughs) That would totally be important. Chloe said no, but she likes it. She's never done a persona Mm -hmm. and Maureen hasn't. And Cheryl also says she hasn't. I love this because that means that this potential is going to be so amazing. And it's so much less stressful when you're trying to figure this out. And you guys, this works for employees too. It totally works for employees. So I want you to really think about that. Erica, can we take it as far as like, describe to me like a day in the life. Talk to me about that. So that's the next step. So it's important to understand a day in the life of this persona. So what do they do? Do they wake up at... 5 a.m. and then do a two-hour commute into town and then they have meetings all day and then they're done work at five and then they commute two hours till seven. Like if someone's like that, then you can really cater to someone like that. You can make your messaging around that type of person. Maybe Uh they're stay at home and they're working at home, but they're so busy. They don't have time and their dog's sitting there barking at them being like, take me for a walk, but you don't have time and you feel guilty. Then you can also change your messaging for someone like that. 
Well, think about the industries around you and if it's maybe you have pilots who are gone for hours. I mean, depending on where you are, it's really important to understand exactly who you're going off and what's their life. Do they come home and then they go play soccer after or do they have a bunch of kids that they have to bring to sports? I mean, there's so many different factors and there's so many yeah. different day in the life that your clients will have. But if you're able to kind of group them together and make it a little bit general and you see some correlations then uh, that will help you design content to attract those type of people. So I keep thinking about my own life as a busy mom. And I have like these therapists that call for Olivia and like, when can I schedule or things like that? And I always tell them, email me because mm-hmm. I'm here with you right now, but I can see that that email comes up. My phone is usually on silent all day long because I don't mm-hmm. touch my phone. So I'm thinking back to a persona. Maybe if we did have that persona of that person I was telling you about, which used to be one of mine here in mm-hmm. Scottsdale, maybe they are very busy at work and they're in conferences or they're, they're in a meeting, they're in a boardroom, mm-hmm. right? And they can't exactly sit there and call you up or wait for a callback or something. So these apps that, you know, you can do journals in, they have mm-hmm. an app. Oh, the, the app, Send an app that means that means my pet sitter needs me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can secretly do it underneath the thing. And I don't have to wait. Sometimes they might not even book that six o'clock because Mm -hmm. they feel like they have to wait to figure out. And Mm -hmm. in order to know if they can go out to dinner with their boss, they've got to wait to hear from you. And that's another problem they have. So if they knew that, and I'm using this as just one example, but this is how you can use it in that marketing and on your website. Mm-hmm. You know, not only do we have this, but we guarantee we'll get back to you in 30 minutes or less during business hours mm-hmm. or something like that. So by understanding where your persona is during mm-hmm. the day or during their lifestyle, you can really play up to that in your marketing. Mm-hmm. Th- this gets me excited. It is. And like what happens for those, like maybe some of you have a lot of executives, right? They probably have assistants. So maybe you need to cater to actually their assistants and not them yes. Yes. to get some extra stuff because they make the decisions. And like Maureen said, she caters to teachers, nurses, and doctors. So other than teachers, but nurses and doctors do a lot of shift work. So that's a whole nother persona. Yeah. If someone's into shift work, you have a lot of clients that are on shifts and that's a whole nother persona that's really important to target. Yeah, such good points. I hope you guys are understanding this. And the same thing that applies to shift workers might not apply to a busy mom whose dog was like her first four-legged kid, you know, but now she's PTO mom and taxi mom and soccer mom and all this stuff, right? So she is kind of the CEO of her own household and she needs to know she can delegate something to you and it's going to be taken care of and she's going to get that confirmation. So if you're sending things like GPS updates or this map, my dog walk or an update as soon as the dog walk is done. So they can have that peace of mind. Why? I'm going to try to be nice. I was going to say <laughs> why I'm God's greener, but I guess I just said it anyway. <laughs> why aren't we saying that in our messaging mm-hmm. on our website? Or, you know, like, why aren't we talking to these people and saying, this is how I'm going to give you peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Not just now Maureen actually had this really cool quantum benefit that we talked about in our mastermind. We had this awesome person on sales come in and I'm not going to give hers away because I don't want to like give away her secrets, but she came up with this one and she went toe to toe with this incredible speaker who's like world renowned. And they dove into this one quantum benefit. And Maureen, I know you're sitting here listening and (laughs) I I would love for you to expand on that on your website. She also says she has people who like to travel to the beach, people who like to travel Wow, this is great. Mine, yeah. I know. I can see the light bulbs going off in your head right now. 
<laughs> it comes down, you guys, and, and Erica, I'm going to turn it back over to you, I mm-hmm. promise. It comes down. It's the difference between saying, we provide peace of mind, and this is how. <laughs> so generic. Peace of mind for mm-hmm. your life. And they're like, oh my God, you get me. Yeah. And those are the people that will not care about the money. Those are the people that are not the Rover and WAG customers. Those are the people that truly don't care how much you charge because they feel like you get them. Mm-hmm. All right, Erica, back to All you. Right. Take it away. Sorry. So Gold next six. one is it's important to understand what are their life goals, their hopes and their dreams. And I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about before, because this could be a career path. This could be maybe they're in school right now and they want to graduate. Maybe their goal is to actually go on vacation and they're trying to save up for a vacation. Maybe their goal is to get that new position, that executive position. Maybe their goal is to get a second dog. I mean, like, I don't know. They could have so many different goals, but knowing exactly what their goals are in life, that can help you create content for them. You can actually help them identify the gaps in their path to their goal. And you can actually help them get to their goal because maybe they're going for their PhD and they have a dog. But if you could actually take their dog for walks, maybe that'll actually help them be less stressed with the dog and focus more on their studies. So, I mean, there's tons of different examples, but if you can think about it and look back to your clients, think about what would their goals be and how can you help them achieve their goals? How can you help them get that dream vacation? I mean, you name it. If you can create messaging that helps them, maybe they have a wedding coming up and they need help. If you can actually give them some kind of peace of mind and emotional messaging that actually helps them get to their goals, yeah, then they're going to jump right on it. I love this. This is one of my favorite things to do with clients is just sit there and just be all brainstormy with them and go through this. And they're like, but, but, but I'm not getting this client. And so we look at all these Mm -hmm. different areas. Persona is definitely one of them. Or they say, I can't charge that because of this. And then look at their messaging Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, no, you can't. I feel like this is a a jump mastermind thing. It really is. It really, really is. And it's something that I get so excited about because I love being mm-hmm. creative and I feel like I've been deprived of creating. And that's why I did better marketing with Bella because I get to create, right? Yeah. But because I don't have the business to do this for within myself anymore that I just get so excited doing this for other mm-hmm. people. The next thing, so we, we've talked just to recap, if you're joining us or if you forgot, like we're going through this actual workshop. So I hope you guys are writing out at least one persona and following along. But we've talked about in the workshop portion of this persona name and photo, personal background, goals, hopes, and dreams. And the next one, Erica. And the next one is your the opposite challenges, worries, and fears. So yeah. this is another way to connect at an emotional level. Are they scared yep. they might lose their job? Is there a divorce coming? I mean, maybe there's a sickness in the family and they can no longer provide the care because they're injured. I mean, there's so many different challenges and worries. Maybe they're worried about their house when they travel. They don't want to leave their house for a week. And I mean, the big one is maybe they're worried about their pet when they leave. So you said divorce. And I think that Mm -hmm. since the divorce rate is 50% in the United States, at Mm -hmm. least, I'm not sure where it is in other countries. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just jogged my memory and like, ugh. I wish I had a coaching client to do this with right now. I'll probably go live in the mastermind because I'm so excited about this. But you guys, if divorce is at a 50% rate, that means that you've got a 50% chance that your clients are going to get divorced or have been divorced. So I'm not saying to be insensitive in any way, shape or form, but when you're going through a divorce, most of the time it's scary. It's tumultuous. You don't know who's going to get the dog. You don't know 
how you're now going to be able to care for the dog because you're used to your partner at least sharing some of the responsibilities at times where you think you might have been able to feed the dog. Now you can't because your work schedule. What would happen if you actually had something to, I'm not saying attract divorced people, but it would be a quantum benefit like what we talked about in Mastermind where, you know what, Erica, I am so sorry. And I've had so many clients that we've helped out mm-hmm. with this. Please, girl, I understand that it's a tough time in your life. We have these systems in place that, you know, if you all of a sudden do decide last minute you need us to come over, we can because Mm -hmm. we're, and you're talking directly to that divorced person, Mm -hmm. you know, who's probably hurt. This dog provides all of the unconditional love and support or cat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Think about this, you guys. And like I said, I'm going to keep this short and I'm going to go further on this in the mastermind. Like I really am because you just got me really excited. And it's not a plug. I, that's just my place where I can do this. Think about that. You know, there are challenges, worries, and fears. It isn't always, can I trust my dog with someone? It's my life is upside down right now. How do I manage through it? Mm -hmm. And if you are just like that bright light, and I've had people like this where, well, the dog's going to be at my husband's house this week, and then the dog's going to be at my wife's house that week. Mm -hmm. Or don't let my husband know he lives on the same street now because of the kids, but don't let him know I'm out of town. You know, Mm -hmm. like how much anonymity do you possess with that client? There's a lot of ways you can use this. Okay. We're going to keep moving though. <laughs> All right. The next one is what are their digital and online habits? So now in 2018, since technology plays such a huge role in everyone's life, whether, I mean, your 80 year old, 90 year old grandma might be on Facebook now. So, I mean, yeah, she is. Yeah. So it's really important to understand basically their online habits and it doesn't necessarily have to do age. So how do they find their information? Do they ask their friends or do they go to Google? Do they go to Facebook and ask their friends? Do they go into a local Facebook group that we talked about uh, last week? This you can ask your customers. It's pretty easy to find out. How do they get their information when they have a question? Do they have smartphones? And most people do, but maybe some don't. Maybe they have a new smartphone. Maybe they have top of the line. Do they do text messaging? Do they use social media? If they do use social media, where do they use? Do they use... Facebook only, do they use Instagram? So find out where they collect their information and then use all the analytics to really dig deep and uh, do some research and to find out who your clients are. And like I said, don't assume based on their age that they know technology because it's more about lifestyle. Someone who's a farmer that might be 25 years old, but they don't really use technology. And you might have your 83-year-old grandma who's really up to date on everything and spends all day on the computer. So you kind of, it's really important. Keeping to, up uh, on her grandchildren. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My yeah, grandma so, could do a status update and then go, love nanny. Yeah. So I've got to bring it down into the comments. First of all, Brooke, I want you to PM me because girl, I'll get you a coupon and get you right in there today so that you can actually hear all the things I'm going to drop down about the divorce stuff. I'm so excited. Katie, she said she was hired because a crazy dog walker across the street from a client. This is a real problem. Mm. It is. And these are problems when we keep talking about solve problems on your website and Mm. solve problems on your marketing. How do you figure out the problems? It's by having these personas. Okay. You got to think about what do these people lay awake at night worrying about? What keeps them up at night? And then Randa, I'm so excited. This makes me so happy. She said, never thought about marketing to divorcees. Oh, yeah. And then once they get through the the divorce, then you know what they're doing? They're out partying. 
They're bad people. <laughs> they're taking trips. They're doing their emancipation, like Costa Rica trip. They're going out with their friends. They're dating someone who takes them or they take them to Las Vegas for the weekend or wherever it is in your area that they do it. Divorcees are like the coolest people because they're single and ready to mingle. <laughs> so I'm telling you, it's really cool. Next is uh, what are their influences? Who influences them? Is It kind of relates to the one before, but do they listen to their friends? Do they listen to the community? And then this part kind of leads into uh, Bella's mastermind for this uh, month when she talks about uh, the buyer's journey because... It is important to know who their influencers are at each stage because at the awareness stage, it might be a Facebook group, but then when they're actually down to the decision stage, they might be talking to their family and friends that are a little bit closer. So it's important to understand their buyer's journey once you have the persona so you can create the content for each different stage of that journey. Yeah. And if you want to do that, then you can uh, talk to Bella and she can hook you up with that Yeah, and take you through the journey. Randa says she has some that we help share custody with. You guys, when we're talking about your services page and making your services <laughs> solve problems, you could very easily put something like that at the bottom of your services page because it's almost as irrelevant as pet wedding attendant or pet taxi. It makes up like this much of your service. Mm -hmm. But you know what? For that one person that might be going to your website that says like the breakup <laughs> pup or the, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know something, but that's how you can do it. Erica, I have to say, this is like my most favorite training that we've done to date. I mean, this is our seventh one. And yeah. this is definitely my most favorite. Getting nice and um, deep. Oh my God, it's so fun. So tell me about a marketing message, an elevator pitch. What is an elevator pitch? So basically, an elevator pitch is literally, if you're in an elevator with someone and they ask you what you do, and then you want to be able to tell them. But you don't want to just say, oh, I'm a pet sitter. You want to kind of reflect them more on an emotional level. And if you can assign them to one of your personas, then you can have an elevator pitch for each one. So if you're in an elevator and someone's saying, oh, man, I'm getting divorced. I'm so stressed. Then your elevator pitch will be like, oh, well, do you have a pet? And if they say, yeah, I'll be like, okay, well, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we can help you with this and that and custody or whatever. So essentially, it's taking all of the information based on the personas and figuring out how you can get to them at an emotional level and get them to actually ask you for more information. I love it. Another good elevator pitch might be for those pet sitters that are at a business networking meeting. So those are a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and salespeople and people trying to like make it, right? So mm -hmm. a good elevator pitch would be, we like to help people who are business owners just like yourself, who have very unpredictable schedules, give your pet a predictable walking schedule. Because did you know that if your pet gets walked 30 minutes a day, five days a week, it's been proven that their life can prolong? Now, I just kind of spewed all that out. I probably would have put that first part at the very beginning, you know, that your pet's life could be prolonged. And that as busy entrepreneurs, I understand because I am too, let us be there to help walk your pet. Or be their top of the mind awareness next time someone asks you to pet sit for them. So that's another type of elevator pitch that you could do. It's like a 30 second schmeal. At the beginning, I kind of told you guys, I help coach people from 200,000 to a million dollars expand their business, right? Although I love and I have products for people that start up, my focus is not on starting up pet businesses anymore. So if you really speak and put out there who you're looking for, it really will come back to you. So Erica, tell me about some common objections. So when you think about some common objections, you can probably think back to all of your clients and maybe some of the ones that you had to convince to get your service. So knowing what common objections that each different persona has and having a kind of an answer ready 
will also help you when you actually get to the stage where you're talking to the person. Why wouldn't they buy your service? Maybe is it money? Do they not trust their pet with a stranger? What are some of the common objections, Bella, that you faced when you were pet sitting? Uh, They were going to have a neighbor. They didn't trust us. They didn't want to pay for it. They weren't sure if it was the right option for them. They weren't sure what kind of services that were right for them, which is why I always gave people options to make them feel like they didn't have to make a choice and they could like narrow it down. They were unsure of their schedule and we were really flexible. I was in an area where people would jump on their private jet or make a last minute decision on Tuesday or Wednesday that they were going to go to Las Vegas, which is a 45 minute flight from Phoenix for the weekend. So we were always there for them last minute. We also really went after a lot of the doctors and nurses because All they wanted to know is that it was taken care of Mm -hmm. and that when they got out of surgery, they could look down and see their phone and that we had given them an update, you know, and it was through email. And that's the thing, you guys, I'm really against text messaging in business. I think it's impersonal. I think miscommunication happens. And I think that it never lets the business owner stop, right? So if you're going to look down at your phone, this is a side note. If you're going to look down at your phone for a text message, it's just as easy to open up a freaking email. It really is. It's the same thing, just a different app. But that's what these doctors really liked from us. So Maureen saying the stranger in the house, too much money. Uh, Love that the client just books. I hate texting too. Way too personal. Awesome. Awesome, you guys. Cool. (sighs) Well, I think okay. we're good for today. <laughs> we're going to wait over again. I thought this was going to be a shorter one. Remember uh, Bella yesterday? I know. I know you did. You guys don't forget that if you're looking for a website, if your website needs a facelift, if your website looks like a third grader did it, you need to check out my gal's websites here from Marketing Blog. They really are amazing. And you guys, I, I, I'm not joking when I say... The people that I've referred to Erica, I legit get thank you notes from them and they say thank you so much. If you're trying to do your own website yourself, why? Why? <laughs> Don't do that unless you have a background in it. You could severely be doing a disservice to yourself and your business. And you could really be costing yourself a lot of clients. So don't do that. Check out Erica's marketing websites and also check out the Jump Mastermind. Jump Mastermind, uh, just Google it or message me and I'll get you a discount code if you don't have one already. Do you want to talk about next week? Yeah, next week. Um, I'm so jealous of you. Eric is going to be leaving us to go sit on the beach in Jamaica, right? Oh, I feel so bad for you, Erica. Not (laughs) Um, next week. My good friend, Kate McQuillan over in Ireland is going to be joining us. We're going to talk all about the different types of contests that you can have on your Facebook page. Same style, except my co-host will have an awesome Irish accent. (laughs) So you all want to miss us for that. Yes, you see, Maureen says, I have Erica Goodwin's websites too and love it. And Erica is working on my site now and it's looking great. Such a time saver and have everyone else doing it. And I know it's done right. I love that. I love it. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. You guys have a wonderful day. Keep replying and ask us whatever questions you want here. We will get to it. Erica, thank you for this amazing show. You did such a great job today. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining in. Bye. Bye guys. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.